Hello guys, welcome to Mind Podcast 54.0, your weekly source for news, views and analysis and analysis of news. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you from uh, Houston on yet another newsy week, very newsy week that uh, together with me is Pramod Kumar Boravalli. Hey Pramod, how are you? Good. Why didn't you announce Sunanda ji? Is she missing? Is she missing? <laughs> uh, Sunanda is uh, outside the JNU <laughs> protesting. Ah, the miss- missus is not missing in action. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm just kidding. She's not outside the JNU. Stephanians don't go outside JNU. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think Sunanda couldn't make it today, unfortunately. Uh, would have loved to have her on because she has been passionately tweeting about uh, uh, what's been happening in JNU and other things. But, uh, you know, she'll be back next week for sure. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get her to uh, give give her opinions on what is going on. But uh, for, for today, you have me and Pramod talk. Uh, taking you guys through th- with our analysis on the news. So, what did you feel, Pramod? J- just before we start, actually, a couple of big things that happened. Uh, the Ishrat Jahan case got uh, was discussed a lot on the national media. And the back, in media. Oh, yeah. back in spotlight. <coughs> back in spotlight. Of, yeah. uh, after David Headley made those revelations, or I revelations claims whatever you know i don't Depo- know the it was a deposition this is <coughs> deposition. Uh, getting yeah. uh, registered in uh, the court of law right and uh, the the whole campaign of calumny the campaign of uh, uh, an entire ecosystem uh, hmm. that was Probably started uh, about 2007-8 time frame uh, leading up to until... A little earlier, but yeah, probably. About yes. for uh, minimum six to seven years, mm-hmm. right up until the 2014 general elections mm-hmm. has been, uh, you know, put to rest or uh, vociferously, uh, I would say, rebutted because of this uh, mm-hmm. testimony. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, Ishra Jahan case uh, was, see, was sought to indict... Uh, a group of police officers that spent eight years in jail uh, for uh, possibly their uh, role in uh, an encounter that might have happened. But in general, you know, again, it's one one of the things that mm. is part of the whole uh, mm. uh, build up to the cases that mm. they were uh, mm. either uh, either building or making up. Mm. It just goes to show that a, a, a cottage industry existed Absolutely. and it continues to exist. And if our good friend Sunanda was here, she would have quoted her favorite line uh, of a columnist, I think Sagarika Ghosh or something. She called her moon-faced teenager from Mumbra or something like that. <laughs> Shrat Jahan and whatnot. And she, uh, you can see Sunanda's tweet on it, so uh, without taking much from her. So, but uh, she would have definitely quoted this line. I and and the, the denial by this uh, cabal mm. of uh, such a possibility that they, these could be terrorists, these could be people funded from L.E.T. or whatever it is, Mm. was the biggest, uh, you know, I would say, uh, uh, deception in this whole thing because uh, there have been Congress Prime Ministers, there have been, uh, I would say, Janta Dal United also had a Prime Minister. Every Prime Minister of India has faced a threat. Mm. So if there was anything, closing of ranks between political parties should have been about who these people are, who are trying to kill a public (coughs) representative or seeking to kill a public Mm. representative. Whether Mm. it is a Congress Chief Minister or a BJP Chief Mm. Minister or a Regional Party Chief Minister, there was in the 90s a consensus about these things. They should Mm. not, they should not have brought it out. Shekhar Gupta actually wrote a fantastic piece on it today in Business Standard about it. That in, uh, if you are talking about uh, uh, 90s, you know, the terrorism in Punjab or even in Kashmir when Narasimha Rao was the Prime Minister and uh, all that. So, Naxalism, 
extreme leftism uh, and extreme terrorism that had non-Kashmiri roots was always dealt very ruthlessly. The Kashmiri terrorism was uh, labeled as militancy Mm. uh, for a substantial period of time because there was a homegrown aspect to it also. There is no denying of that. Mm. But uh, to consider that terrorists are only after a certain political dispensation is a very big naivety that uh, our uh, interview also uh, with uh, ex-chief of RAW, mm. he had uh, Mr. Vikram uh, Mr. Sood, yeah. Sood also meant, me- mentioned the naivety of certain politicians and political dispensations. He didn't go as much to talk about the Congress dispensation of today, but it is an extension of that naivety that I keep... No, uh, and if you see um, Rajinder Kumar's interview that he gave on Times now, it was an ex- Explosive interview, and most a lot of journalists will refrain from saying. But the home minister, who was who were the home ministers at that time? I mean, I think uh, it was first. It was uh, uh, this uh, who's Shivraj Patil for four years from 2004 to 2008. Not that he was involved in this, but then to after that it was uh, P. Chidambaram, right? For a substantial amount of time. And the the reason why Congress has lost that pan-India and nationalistic element in their uh, mix mm. is because of this degradation that is happening, and it is now on naivety and absolute, uh, I would say, extrasensial, uh, you know, suicidism. I'll tell huh. you. you know, especially <laughs> That's with a this big Ra- word. Huh, extrasensial suicidism <laughs> is basically what uh, Rahul Gandhi is doing, you know, when go- going to JNU. And talk- I'm coming to JNU later. I mean, uh, the, the, I'm coming yeah, to JNU later. Yeah. Um, no, but you're right. I mean, and you take the Ishrat Jahan case uh, for two minutes aside, okay? That was there. David Hedley comes and says all these things about the 2611 attacks. What the hell was Digvijay Singh doing inaugurating that piece called 2611, uh, book called 2611 RSS Ki Sajish, what two years after, two years after 2611? It was, it was there, yes, right. And, and then, I, yeah, and then I don't know if the author retracted his comments and issued an apology. I think he did, I'm not so sure. But what the hell was he doing? They with Gripa Shankar with... Singh and Mahesh Bhatt and who know, what not. They, ha- they came up with this conspiracy theory that the um, uh, commissioner at that point, point the ATS uh, chief, Hemant Karkare was also assassinated by elements that are either pro-RSS or somehow related to some right-wing organization. That's an the, insult to the, Karkare's the, legacy. The, the, the kind of uh, connectivities that conspiracy theories that Congress and Congress has its own uh, grave that it, it dug by co-opting with this uh, extreme brand of leftism yeah. that Sonia Gandhi was I, I don't know if she was forced to do it or if she herself believes in it or if there was no choice for us uh, for her considering that the right and right of center space was being taken away by the BJP. But that was the danger that she played with knowingly or unknowingly. She now has to face this consequence of uh, this extreme anti-India leftist elements that have seeped in into every single party organization uh, called the INC right now <laughs> and now they are forced to come out in support of them they were they were chock a block in the UPA dispensation also mm. uh, now their uh, their hidden friendship with the CPIM their uh, relationship with uh, Sitaram Yechuri and this whole uh, you know thing that uh, was there for all listeners that do not know Pramod has probably the best term for Sitaram Yechuri the only member of the CWC in the C- becomes that became head of the CFCPIM uh, unofficial unofficial the, the, not the official the, the, unofficial. the, the only member who will uh, who will be leading to the complete demise of the communist uh, movement in India uh, from uh, rebuking Ram 
another ram will <laughs> make sure that their their grave is is dug this is what uh they 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 flirted with congress flirted with no, my, my problem is that you know uh, digvijay singh goes to all these interviews and stuff like that he should be probably asked about this then the idiotic comment he also made that thing about batla house encounter if you remember not just that arvind kejriwal also arvind kejriwal to i don't even want to talk about that fellow but you know i know what you mean absolutely no, but, but as a now as a chief minister oh, if he, he continues going on that path even as no, of saying, couple of days ago he is worse i mean टैक का कैसे कर दिया था एंड लुक एट हिज रिएक्शन ungod i mean ridiculous thing that is happening no it is not a symptom of jnu alone huh. jnu is one of the biggest uh, hubs of the, these sort of anti national activities and uh, not just sloganeering if it is restricted to sloganeering as some of our liberal friends have uh, extreme liberal friends have suggested it is about participating in activities many maoist leaders are being co-opted they are being given shelter by university professors Oh. Um, in in Hyderabad Central University, JNU is an example. Lot of the centrally funded universities have professors who are uh, ideologues of the leftist movement. They are the vestiges of the leftist movement. Mm. And uh, there is the the in, on one side the intelligence agencies. Are, I, I see I see the ripple effect of this happening with uh, military personnel from uh, these universities who have taken degrees now choosing to return their degrees and all. sorts of uh, violent uh, 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 to in in protest to these violent uh, reactions coming mm. in from non violent protest to these to these mm. violent things not even violent things but i mean they haven't indulged in a, but but the slogans were pathetic quite mm. pathetic and i mean you cannot say bharat ki barbadi and stuff like that these are not an anti government but this is an anti india slogan no these are violent uh, slogans and will lead to violence because a university if it is funded by the indian taxpayer Mm. somebody like hanumantappa gives up his life battles for his life for 6 to 8 days then gives up his life at the highest battlefield in the world to protect the freedoms that these leftist jokers enjoy what is it is indirect violence are they it is them suggesting to the larger co- country that we will use your own money we will live off of your larges then we will indulge in violence we will make sure that kashmir separates from india this is this is what the international community also laps upon that there is dissent in india how can india continue to support these elements financially intellectually give them platforms mm. this is indirect violence passive violence and uh, if this government has the gumption to take the next logical steps there has to be an absolute blanket ban on such activities thank you for supporting mind makers Your support helps us get fresh voices, new voices and credible voices. To support Mindmakers and its podcast, please uh, go to our website um, and click on the support a podcast link. The link also gets advertised under the podcast section. So yes, do check out uh, the support a podcast link. It will be in the SoundCloud page below, uh, and also in our uh, uh, Mind Makers uh, on the Mind Makers website on the podcast specific page. 
um, coming back and we just want to talk a little bit more about the 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 JNU thing and then we'll uh, then we'll go to come to um, the, the we'll wrap up the David with the David Hadley Shrad Jahan case and so forth so what do you think look I was in student politics I think, I think student days are the most idealistic and most enjoyable days of anybody's life. Mm, mm, mm. They have a world vision about everything. Mm. Whether it is left, right, I was with ABVP, so I don't have any qualms that I have. I was always a centre-right person. And I always used to have healthy debates with people from SFI, from so many other organisations that were there. Ambedkarites were there. And we, were, we all had a very friendly... These were topics that you could debate on policy, on issues, on uh, a probably a calamity, probably a issue that concerns everybody, civic, uh, you know, issues. But today's student politics, if it goes against the constitution of India, which uh, basically is something that has to be nurtured over and over, these young kids have to understand that agitating itself is not a means to uh, achieve anything. It, it, it enables you to become harder, firmer on certain things. But over a period of time, the kids, like I, I think a couple of podcasts ago, uh, maybe it is because of the social media generation, maybe because it is what uh, the television, uh, the mushrooming of televisions uh, has happened, uh, TV stations has happened, that they have all become extraordinary attention seekers. Their venom and their frustration with their own personal lives, and I can empathize with that, everybody go, is going through a tough time in mm. this world. Mm. Uh, their frustration, if it boils down to abusing the state, which provides, which is a welfare state, the country itself is the world's largest welfare state in the world. So many benefits, these people who are getting public education and universities, central universities of all get so much. I'm of the opinion that they have to be basically uh, taken into preventive custody, put into an institution where every day tapes and tapes of how much the government is spending on them should be uh, you know made to be they should be made to buy hard these things that is only when that record is stricken off their their academic mm. this thing i i came through merit mm. but i am proud to say that i went to a college where the government was bearing a share of my education mm. i will always be indebted to that fact is that the gratitude these people are showing? Let them be leftists. Let them believe in healthcare, education, healthcare and education being funded by the state. But this is anti-nationalism that is seeping. No, no, not just that. Um, I find it very disturbing. You know, I, I, I have not been in student politics, of course. I, I did go to college and stuff, and we all worked through our college, and you know, made made our ends meet. And I mean, we had no time for you know just going out and doing activism and protesting all the time and so forth. Of course, I went to college here, but my um, my 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 main contention is when you make statements like. Uh, Bharat ki barbadi ki something India go back Aray bhai, go back from where you know when you when you I have no problem against them if they are against a political party they can go and criticize the Narendra Modi government they can go and criticize the Congress anyone they want you know they can say I mean that they are they support uh, uh, I don't know Sitaram Yachuri for Prime Minister I couldn't care less my point is when they and, and when they make statements like this for Afzal Guru you see Afzal Guru was con uh, uh, convicted by a court of law Oh, in, in and given untim chances, the media was supporting, at least a substantial, substantial section of the media was supporting uh, uh, pardoning him or at least a, lo a lesser sentence for him. He got so many chances. No, no, 
what the hell are you talking about he attacked or i mean at least he was involved in the attack or something i uh, i don't want to i don't know the exact terms to use or parliament with the parliament attacks right so um, no, he he connived uh, so connived yeah that's the word i was looking for i, I uh, was at a loss of words for a second my point was that was an attack to the heart of india when uh, parliament symbolizes the democracy that india has built on where elected members of you know from the states come in delhi and you attack that institution that is an attack on the nation india is not a soft state india is a state that possibly behaves soft uh, softly inward inwardly but at the same time uh, the the whole concept of behaving softly against aggressors and against people who are harboring intentions to uh, probably try to chip away at the integrity of india itself is roots for uh, proceeding against them i i am of the firm opinion now you can have dissent you can you can talk about che guevara you can talk about karl marx you can talk about frederick engels you cannot talk about india's um, i would say achilles heels in terms of you know gleefully you know in terms of uh, i wish that india goes down the path of, you know becomes balkanized this is this is where their frustration again i i can empathize with their frustrations if there is a forum i wish the government does whatever it takes to have a direct contact with i mean a burgeoning youth population just talking about uh this your demographic dividend is not going to really help uh, anybody you have to go and talk to these people uh, engage in seminars by highly successful people on all sides from all sides of the aisle no but i tell you what my problem is with this then then you have when you have politicians descending upon the universities and saying that oh ye hai to ye and contextualizing it that shouldn't happen go and outrightly condemn that like we condemn the anti national state which anti national you are you are supposed to say that this is this this we are against that you know if the way sitaram yechudi is coming out and jumping up and down now after the uh, the sedition charges were put and so forth did he do the same thing once the tapes were out and now he's saying that jnu doesn't have cameras where did this recording come from yeah. see this is what about re right no no you, that that is how the, uh, you know i would say uh, uh, bankrupt the left is huh. the left is now left without technology right? <laughs> Uh, at least the least is least it, you is could is technology a capitalist uh, capitalism uh, imposition uh, of those uh, the least they could do is at least acknowledge that technology uh-huh. is as further away from god as they are but Hey, who's asking them anything? Ah, my my always my the classic leftovers. my classic joke is when they talk about socialism from their iPhones. But yeah, they're leftovers. <laughs> they are not leftists. They're leftovers. No, but seriously, you know, uh, this is no. this is ridiculous. I think I think it's absolutely uh, uh, abhorrent that such statements are being made. And first of all, go and now that uh, who's that Kanaiya Kumar chap saying that I don't know. This statement कहाँ से आया ये ये JNU का है भी या नहीं या मैं you know what is this? So. and and goes back to the hco uh, incident also with the unfortunate demise of uh, rohit vemula i have been saying that that a uh, lot of students and again this is another thing that uh, the prime minister and his general counsel should look at the prevailing conditions mm-hmm. uh, it is very important that a direct line is established between policy and the people who would be the recipients of the policy or the who will be, be the beneficiaries of the policies in the near future ABVP I was part of ABVP has to a large extent uh, has got to broaden itself and other student organizations mm. have to broaden itself whether it is leftist rightist I don't I don't uh, mm. uh, you know have any qualms mm. about that mm. 
governments of the day have to ensure that the student community especially student community that are at the um, high school level and above mm. whether they are in bachelors and masters they are extremely frustrated they are it's extreme it is very competitive opportunities are not as many as the churn rate you know mm. number of students graduating and all that mm. uh, frustrations on the financial and economic front there is a lot of imbalance that is happening with uh, incomes not rising up with the costs are rising uh, government of the day whether it is narendra modi or manmohan singh they have to make extra extra uh, steps to have an outreach program with the students the students have to ask questions directly to narendra modi when he is the prime minister not when he is the uh, prime minister to be mm. not going to lay your uh, college in uh, pune ferguson mm. college in you have to go to P- pune now mm. ki main ye kar raha hu isliye kar raha hu take questions mm. do town hall meetings this is where that man ki baat will be much more effective because students are very in- inquisitive and they are the future of the country no no there has to, i agree with you there has to be an interaction it cannot be just one way communication and uh, and it will be very interesting to see uh, i would give a lot of uh, credit to uh, dr apj abdul kalam who as the president of india oh, i of, miss him i miss him yeah uh, the late dr apj i mean one of uh, you know my role models and i remember when i was in this was when i was in high school right he would come talk to students uh, uh, you know discuss with them and i remember he if you read his book uh, ignited minds he has if i'm not mistaken he has dedicated that book for, to a girl from anand who asked him a question on uh, on poverty or something or replied an answer to this question when he asked what uh, problem is ailing india the most or something like that the, the purity and sincerity of thought that comes from that question from a student is akin to anything you know you can't get such honest feedback at the same time ideas to improve an existing scheme ultimately what narendra modi or any other uh, prime minister will be doing will have an effect 10 to 15 years hence mm. that student should remember that a prime minister set out that vision it took a while but that is what he was saying that is what it happened during his uh, uh, days mm. so this connectivity bridging the connectivity between students and uh, the government of that day is very important on a note on a note as far as jnu is concerned i don't believe in this shutting down uh, jnu just like the shutting down ndtv campaign this is not the same <laughs> jnu can be reformed there is multiple facets to jawallah no i think the the message is probably about this violent political activism or political ridiculous political have politics but don't have this crazy political activism there and if they the people but from you can't JNU, shut down universities the, the people in jnu had an iota of what nehru was nehru was an excellent debater and a democrat he gave space to the opposition so much so that when abb uh, atal bihari vajpayee opposed him he said this person could be the future prime minister of india before we get to our uh, next topic um i do want to say that this is mindmakers production this mind podcast is brought to you by the mindmakers team this uh, podcast is produced and edited by adit kapadia with the help of our team in india the panelists for the um, podcast are adit kapadia pramod kumar buravalli and sunanda vashish which is me so very 
<coughs> interesting points raised, I think, on this, and we had a, a very interesting discussion on this. Uh, when I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are going to be more future discussions on this. I think the underlying point we were saying this that JNU does some scientific research and stuff as well. So I mean, but I think shutdown JNU was probably, as Pramod said, was a was a thing for a larger sentiment of disgust with some of the political activities or crazy political activism that has happened. No, the shutting down of anti-national leftism should happen. That is what should happen. But let's talk about uh, a truly anti-national personality sitting in our neck of the woods in America Aha. and beaming all sorts of uh, revelations across uh, the Daoud, Atlantic. Da- Daoud Gilani. I thought uh, he was... Uh, Tawaur Rana Jr. <laughs> no, but it is very, it is. very. I would say, you know, reaffirmation, reaffirmation of what uh, India has been saying all along. Mm. That uh, ISI and it's Pakistan, a state. It's a, it's a, I mean, state policy. It's an extension of the state policy, and what saddens me is that the United States knew about it all along. Um, I was watching a discussion a few days earlier when. Uh, uh, a lady, a full, uh, a person, a Fulbright scholar from uh, Pakistan, was talking about how uh, jihad in Pakistan was basically uh, given the 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 fillet by the United States because United States was leveraging Pakistan in its uh, war against the Soviet's uh, influence in Afghanistan. But um, over a period of time, what I have seen is that the ambivalence of the United States also has come down. Let's let's rec- uh, set the record straight. But its uh, dirty tricks department never uh, le- learns lessons. You know, going back to our uh, Secretary of State uh, giving this largest of $800 million to Pakistan again, including the sale of eight F-16s. Where is this coming from? If the U.S. is really serious about its relationships with India, there's about three to four million people of Indian origin. Pakistan has sworn its enmity to uh, the United States, but the United States really is a confused country. You know, I, I love the technology, I love what they have done to the country, but when it comes to the policy with respect to India, they have to stop playing the two-faced game. Mm. You are our friend, you are our partner. Or you are basically a, a sort of a mistress. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't talk about relationships like that. You know, mm-hmm. you know on one hand, you have the United States trying to sell military equipment to a country that is one day or the other going to go in war against you mm-hmm. in partnership with China. Mm-hmm. On one side, you send all of your admirals, your generals to talk to the Indian military. But on one side, you are giving $800 million. Pakistan does not need your money. So, but this is the question I have then. That you bought this, that the ambivalence has reduced. But it is, what you are saying is almost that it does not want to get rid of its past. These are some of the choices that United States had made in its past about probably favoring Pakistan over India. Right? In the 70s especially. No, but the ambivalence is not going away because they want it to go away. They want to, again, the United States probably wants to keep a check on India. They never want... But my, my question is, this is very interesting because a lot of people say that foreign policy in the United States is formulated by the State Department. Now, does, is that likely to change with a change in the White House this year? Oh, if Hillary Clinton comes, it will increase. 
exactly what i'm saying bernie sanders they couldn't care less mm. donald trump on Who the knows? other side <laughs> uh, in the next uh, third world war he would want uh, refueling cap- capability from uh, all your air bases in india Th- there you go the, the person the, you, i mean I'm, i'm 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 still surprised you said if hillary comes or something i thought you were only going with president trump donny 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 oh my goodness from president trump we're down to donny yeah but uh, but no i mean no when the third world war happens on a more serious uh, serious <laughs> not where uh, is the seriousness aspect why is this? the us trying to arm pakistan with f16 <laughs> you know is are the f16 is going to be used against taliban are the f16 is going to be used against iran are the f16 is going to be used against uh, india so the us has to make up its mind you are giving the options like ujwal nikam gave david headley some would say i know ujwal nikam basically i love that guy you know he is a very uh, honest personality and Uh, no, the revelations no. by david colman headley couldn't mean less that is exactly what india has been saying all along no and, and indrani bakshi uh, tweeted a very funny thing and which is correct absolutely that you would believe his revelations on everyone else but you are not going to believe the revelations on ishrat jahan because you had some journalist who had probably made a life uh, about talking about cases of the gujarat government only and stuff like that like uh, you know the uh, they were like are would you believe david headley's testimony and what not and stuff like that the problem is this mode of denial that they think uh, that that stems that everything that you know they'll start from this proposition that ocha ye my theory is the only right correct because it fits with my narrative that i want to fit on a government see the the, the thing i the problem i've got with the united states again i say that this all the time there are many positives that outweigh the negatives the negatives that i only have my a uh, problem with the united states has always been with this ambivalence if you consider india to have equal importance to israel hmm. considering that the jewish population and hindu population are now almost the same there is the same income levels the uh, in us you mean in the us no, i think jewish population is, is a little bit higher i think pro- 2% 2% no 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 not even 2 i think it's significantly higher than that uh, even if it is a 2 huh. 2 and a half percent the income parity the kind of influence that india carries the kind of uh, uh, possibilities that india offers is unlimited but again the united states if it looks at it from a cold war mentality if it continues to have this ambivalence towards uh, uh, pushing in uh, policy of pushing missionaries to india and trying to convert swaths of uh, population in the hope that those people will be in your favor all of this is extremely old colonial style uh, politics i don't know who, who are these old facts running the state department mm-hmm. but the younger generation has changed mm-hmm. i i know many who want to have such an umbilical cord relationship with india mm-hmm. that it is unbelievable in this 15 years i have lived in and, this country and on a lighter note the presence of uh, india is undeniable you had the super bowl half time where coldplay was written in hindi i know but i'm just and, saying and, and the 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 kind of structural so influence power, cultural right? cultural influence also Haan. has grown but but to wrap up you know to wrap up uh, we are almost reaching uh, the close uh, you know close time but the last couple of minutes uh, coming back to what we started off with was the david headley ishrat jahan revelations i i thought it was very shocking about uh, you know what rajinder kumar said and others or how much the united progressive alliance government tried to fix and i put the fix in quotes the narendra modi state government in gujarat it is pathetic and on on as you said that on terrorism you had complete bipartisan support is this like for the first time say from 2009 to 2014 
politics went above bipartisan support when it even came to so issues like terrorism Narendra, that is why narendra modi keeps saying that all the time at international forums that there is nothing called your terrorists or our terrorists there is nothing called your terrorism and our terrorism terrorism is unique it is global everybody has to jointly fight for it if uh, a bunch of lat terrorists want uh, to attack a bjp leader hmm. tomorrow they will attack a congress leader and, and tomorrow they will attack arvind arvind kejriwal these people live in a lala land that if they cont- if they so called uh, picture themselves or paint themselves as a secular person and a more liberal progressive person that they won't be attacked that is the uh, heaven that these leftists and islamic in. terrorism did not start with 911 india was the first victim of terrorism in the world in the 80s late 80s in kashmir i mean you name it and you know kashmir my 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 friend sunanda vishist calls it a laboratory india for, never uh, went to war adit war always came to india this has been the truth for the past 1200 years <laughs> and 1000 years prior to that also there were central asian hordes coming rapidly but huh. it is unfortunate that india descended into a situation where there was not strong central authority that could counter such it was not even that it was about that even if some things were countered or something uh, the some people in the center were trying to undermine the efforts to counter so that is the scary part you know agar aap kuch na karo to i mean to to hai bura agar kuch hua hai you are trying to find other meanings of trade and that is the tragedy with the departure and retirement of pranab mukherjee the national nationalistic elements within the congress have died there is nobody remaining that you can say that these people when it comes to national interest you know mm. whether it is protecting one individual 10 individuals you are opposing ideology you have to close ranks that is why i keep lamenting that i wish both uh, the party in power and in opposition have friendly relationships like what vajpayee and narsimha rao that was vajpayee and narsimha rao and uh, that is i think the last we will ever see of such a friendly opposition who so. knows uh, and this sadly this is these are the discussions we are having on the day when narendra modi did a phenomenal launch of the make in india scheme in mumbai uh, nirmala sitaraman was there devendra fadnavis was there and you know they created a great buzz and i hope it translates and I know a couple of you guys have said that why haven't we had a detailed discussion on Make in India? I can assure you, we will have that, and we'll also have a discussion on the financial budget of India that's coming up. But these two news events, I mean, we thought that there are some things which we need to set the record straight on it, and hope you know you enjoyed the discussion on it. But we'll be back next week with more discussions on this. Uh, do keep liking our page on uh, Facebook. Do follow us on Twitter. Uh, do subscribe to our iTunes uh, podcast feed and SoundCloud feed. Do support a podcast if you like uh, what we're doing. Uh, we'll continue uh, giving analysis on issues. If you hate us, then write to us what you hate about us, and we'll. Uh, try to address even that we won't track your ip address <laughs> absolutely if you think we are not capable please think again <laughs> on that uh, rather intelligence note not intelligent intelligence note because pramod is a big no, spook <laughs> coming back to this uh, make in india thing i i think they are tweaking it a little bit which i kind of like but at the same time what is the indian population learning that is more important we have to track innovation and uh, so forth track if, if the target is 25% of gdp on manufacturing what are the steps taken to learn these tricks of the trade absolutely and you will hear about it on mind podcast till then this is adit kapadia and pramod kumar bulli bunavalli signing off thank you